Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about tribulation, the trouble that you go through. Talking about the government that rests on Jesus' shoulder. In Isaiah 9, 5, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder. Singular. The only thing that rests upon Jesus' shoulder was the cross. The cross is the government of God. That is how we crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. Our salvation is through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. The sanctification of the spirit is the Holy Ghost and that with fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and that fiery baptism. What's the fire for? The fire is to burn up the deeds of the flesh. It is to burn up the things that are against God, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Many examples of this are given in the Word of God. We find in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it was going where Jesus there was asleep in the boat. And as they're going to the other side, there Jesus asleep in the storm becomes boisterous. That's not the only account, but we see that when that happened, that they awoke Jesus. And we, not the storm, the storm didn't awake Jesus. The disciples awoke, awaken him. What does that teach us? That teaches us in the storms of this life, the tribulation, the persecution that we receive from the world, hated of all nations for his name's sake. There's only one way that moves him, not the nations, not all the tribulation that we endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God. That's not it. Our prayers of the body of Christ to our Lord Jesus is what awakens him. Now, there's valleys that we all go through. When the man-child is birthed, just as it was with Jesus, Jesus is our example. We find that he did not come into his ministry until age 30, because he's fulfilling his own law as a man. He is the Spirit of God that's made himself of no reputation. The kenosis totally emptied out in a self-imposed limitation upon his spirit to only add to himself the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. As a man there, the arm of the Lord, made in under the law, not above it, and under the law, like was like his brother and all things he was made like unto his brother that he fulfilled the law in the days of his flesh the righteousness of the law which was impossible for anyone born in adam to do because all of sin come short of the glory of god conceived in sin shaping in iniquity therefore there's none good any man says he has not sins a liar and the truth inside in him we all need a savior Howbeit Jesus was born seed of the woman. And when he was baptized of John in Jordan, he did not do that for the washing away of his sins, but to fulfill all righteousness. What righteousness? The righteousness of the law in our Lord Jesus Christ as a perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. That when he did this, immediately the heavens were open to him, and he did it at age 30, because Numbers 4 states that the high priest takes his office at age 30. 
So Jesus, in order to fulfill his own law, in the days of his flesh, the spirit been made of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, that is, Christ the spirit, as Christ the man, one and the same, there under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. And he fulfills the righteousness of that law in the days of his flesh. Tempted at all points. Tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. But it also gives us our example. The way, the truth, and life. For us to pattern ourselves after the Lord Jesus Christ and believe his word, his commandments, his statutes, his judgments. And by doing so, we're pleasing to him. We see many examples of that. They awoke Jesus who was asleep in that boat. And then he rebuked the wind and the waters. And they said, what manner of man is this? Not what manner of spirit. What manner of man is this? Thou being a man, makest thyself God. The man Christ Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. The father revealed. What manner of man is this? that even uh, the storms, the wind, and the water obey him. We find the same there in Matthew 14. He compels his disciples to go to the other side. We all have to go to the other side. Notice that Jesus, after he fed the 5,000, I'm reading from Matthew 14. This is a lesson for all of us in the true body of Christ and the true Jesus. We find in verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side, passing over, while he sent the multitude away. The multitudes were 5,000 men, not counting women and children. He'd fed them with fish and loaves. We all know that. He sent them away. Why? Because this is for the inside circle the followers of Jesus Christ, the ones striving for the mastery, that must be temperate, self-controlled in all things, striving for the mastery. Following the Lord Jesus Christ, and he then strength constrains them, next verse, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Now that mountain apart we're going to see in Matthew 17 upon that Mount of Transfiguration. It's a mountain apart. It speaks of the kingdom of God in the last days of the new thing that God will do. This is not revival. Revival, revivus, is things that have been done that were dead, were revived again. But this is a new thing that God will do that he's never done before. It is the saints of God that know the Lord will be strong and do exploit, exploitations, new things that have never been done before. This will be the testimony of Jesus in the spirit of prophecy to confirm the words of the book of this prophecy and the revealing of Jesus Christ to the whole world. It'll be the Christ generation. It'll be that generation counted for the seed that the Lord will have preached his holy gospel to all the world for witness and all nations. And then the end will come. He that overcometh to the end, the same shall be saved. That is a select group that have gone through the fire, that have obeyed Jesus in all things and all truth, 
and uh, those are the ones that strive for the mastery, temperate, self-controlled in all things, in all truth. Then we find, after he had sent that multitude away, he compels those disciples, his disciples, the followers of Jesus and the ministry, to go to the other side. Now, when they are compelled, forced, in other words, Jesus goes into a mountain to pray to intercede for them. There's some key things that we want to look at here in your life and mine. A true Jesus ministry or a follower of Jesus is going to go through testings and trials for tribulation, work with patience, patience, work with experience, and experience, work with hope. Hope making not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. So think not strange that these fiery trials which are to try you. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivered them out of them all. Why do we count it a joy when we fall into diverse temptations? Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. Suffering is not uh, joyful. No chastisement at the present time seemeth to be joyous, but afterward yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness, and obedience unto righteousness will yield uh, the fruits unto holiness, partakers of his divine nature. And that is the only way that we can please the Lord in crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, to have our conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God in obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, Romans 6. We find that the ship there, when he had sent that multitude away, he went into a mountain to pray. He's interceding for them. And when the evening was come, now we're going to have four different, at that time, the, the fourth watch. We're going to have four watches. We're going to have a watch from six to nine. That's the first watch. Then the second watch is going to be from nine to 12 midnight. Then the third watch is going to be from midnight to 3 a.m. in the morning. The fourth watch is the whole night because weeping endureth for a night, joy cometh in the morning. The fourth watch is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. There, that night will be a time that we feel that the Lord is not with us. He was not in the boat with them. He was not in that ship. He commanded them to go to the other side. Your prayers might seem like heaven has turned to brass. But the Lord is interceding for you as your intercessor. The Spirit itself making an intercession for you according to the will of God. Even though we may not feel it. Yet he's in control. We find that even they had obeyed, they have obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ. They're in the ship. And we find in verse 24. When they, the evening was come, he was there alone. And there in the mountain, the disciples were in the ship, going to the other side according to commandment of God. Look at verse 24, Matthew 14. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Now we know the seas of multitude, multitude, kindreds, nations, and tongues. They're showing the spiritual side of this exact thing that Jesus has now uh, been recorded in the gospel and states that 
they were tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now we know the wind is always the wind of doctrine. We know we're going to be hated of all nations for his great name's sake. We know that some will be delivered up to be afflicted and they shall kill you, thinking that they did God a service, John 16. We realize that. But it teaches us there that the Lord is there and never will leave us nor forsake us. He states there, and in the fourth watch, notice that in verse 25, it didn't come on that first watch. There they are in the midst of the sea. There they are and the waves. They are, it's a calamity. It's a time that they think that they're all alone. That it could be catastrophic. And Jesus has not come to them, not on the first watch, we keep praying. Not on the second watch, we keep praying. Not on the third watch, we're thinking, Lord, when are you going to come? Though he bear along with them, yet he will avenge them speedily. When he comes, it's an immediate sign and work of God in your life. He shows himself God in your life. And when you know that you know, no one can take that away from you. For that testimony has been through the test that you have been delivered out of all tribulation and persecution. That many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers you out of them all. It'll look like there's no way. There's no way that they could save themselves. But the Lord was making intercession for them the whole time in that mountain praying. We notice there that ship is in the midst of the sea. They can't grab that out on either side. It's in limbo. You feel like you're not accomplishing anything. You're feeling like you're all alone. And it's desperation. It's an urgency. And at that time, that wind being contrary, the wind of doctrine being contrary, and many at that time will literally turn from the faith because iniquity will abound. The love of many will wax cold. During this time of the trials and tribulation, it states there in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to these seducing spirits, these doctrines of devils, the winds of the doctrines. But the ones that have the wings of the cherubim of the, of, of the anointed ones, the ones that are the cherubim of the lion, man, calf, and eagle of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. These are the zoe, the living creatures, the body of Christ. They trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, even just as Job said, though God slay me, yet I will trust in him, knowing that he is our savior. He is our deliverer. He is our healer. He is our father that watches over us. He is our elder brother that sticketh closer than our own physical brothers in life. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And there they cried out to him. It's in the fourth watch, not the first, second, or third. You feel like it's been a long, long time that you've been fighting a battle. But hold on. Somebody said, we don't hold on. We claim it. Well, you can name it, snap it, and claim it. Name it and claim it, snap it, and grab it. You can believe in that doctrine, whatever you say, immediately you've got it. But there takes opportunity. 
that you ask and you keep on asking, you'll be given. Seek and keep on seeking and you'll find. Knock and keep on knocking and it'll be open to you. That's importunity. You keep knocking, you keep asking, you keep seeking. You don't take no, stand on the promises of God and it'll bridge that truth from the spiritual realm into the physical by faith. Faith is what moves God. They're in the fourth watch at the very time that they were so turmoil and so tired, weak. They had been there fighting all night long from the evening until that fourth watch to get to the other side. There then in the fourth watch, here comes Jesus, watch it, it says in verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. What does that mean? That he has power over all nations, kindreds and tongues. He has power over all the elements because he is God. This is going to be a testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ through the body of Christ in the last day work of the ministry, that the ones that are accounted worthy that will preach this everlasting gospel. When the disciples saw him, Walking on the sea, not just, not a spirit, but what they thought was just a spirit. No man can do this. They were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. Many will say Jesus is a spirit, but he's not that man. God's not a man. Yes, he is. Thou being a man, makest thyself God. That's the reason they tried to stone him and ultimately crucified him, because that man is God. Somebody said the man is flesh and blood and cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's the reason Jesus shed his blood for the redemption, to redeem us that were under the law, shedding his holy, righteous blood. And that blood of the covenant now makes atonement for us as a propitiation and expiation of our sins. Because now that he has shed that everlasting blood of Jesus, uh, that is pure, holy, and righteous, and the perfect, spotless, blame, blameless Lamb of God. He has made an everlasting covenant, and he is the mediator that gets us in. No man cometh to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, except through him in the days of his flesh. The Father is that man manifest God in flesh. We see that in 1 Timothy 3.16. That's what these disciples are learning. That's what many Tribes and nations of the earth are learning now. The true God and eternal life is the man Christ Jesus that has entered into that light which no other man can enter, approach into nor enter into. He is that blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He is that blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, almighty God, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent everywhere, who only hath immortality. Dwelling in the light, which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Jesus, that man, has been made a quickening spirit. And they're going to see that power right now. Jesus stated, you see me, you've seen the Father. He states that in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. We're put to the test and let us know and see the mighty works of God that only Jesus can deliver us. He that calleth on the name of the Lord, Jesus shall be delivered. We see here that they thought that Jesus was just the spirit. They missed that. 
and they cried out for fear. Notice, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, the man Christ Jesus. Be not afraid. He is our elder brother. He's our kinsman redeemer. He's been through and tempted all points like as we are, yet he can help and succor us or help us in all situations. He says, and Peter answered and uh, answered him and said, Lord, watch this. If it be thou, if you be the man that is God, if you be that, if it is you walking on that water, not just the spirit, but the man Christ Jesus, bid me come unto thee on the water. On the, and we know the water. There's waters in the, the denominal world out there. And there's the washing of the water of the word. And the deep calleth unto the deep, and God answers by the water spouts, that whirlwind of the waters unto the truth. And Jesus said one word, come. We find that in the last of Revelation 22. John summed up the whole matter. Even so, come, who? Lord Jesus. Jesus, who is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Sums it up right there that he is the only true God in eternal life, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and give us an understanding of him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, this is the only true God and eternal life. Jesus Christ is that spirit. They in 2 Corinthians 3.17. God has sent forth the spirit, not the man. That man is glorified to that spirit now. He's a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15.45. And that we see that God has sent forth the spirit of his son, Galatians 4, 6, into our hearts whereby we cry of a father, the one and the same. There, Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. We're going to Jesus. And this last day, we will walk on that waters of truth. It's a thing that God will do in this new thing, uh, and that why was it Peter and not John? Because Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Peter had the revelation of Christ, and the ones that will be able to come to Jesus in this last day, persecution against the church will have the, will be the ones that have the revelation of Christ, the rock, uh, the foundation of the church. Only those will be able to preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations. Peter walked on that water. Now notice, and whenever he began to sink, it'll look like that all things are over and there's no hope and even that all flesh will be literally destroyed. But for the elect's sake, God has shortened those days. And it says here that he cried saying, Lord, save me. That cry immediately gets the Lord's attention. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. That caught is a harpazo. It's a catching that God's got you and have you engraved, sealed in the palm of his hands. That sealing is so essential. In Revelation 7, God's sealing his servants in their foreheads. It's the mind of Christ. It's the last day sealing, having the mind of Christ, not a birth of a newborn, that is according to the birth in Exodus 28 in 
the high priest's garments. We find that first sealing and that engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet. That signet is Zerubbabel, that not by might nor by might, by might nor by that, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That is, uh, that two anointed ones, uh, the two sons of all, the two witnesses, which is the church of the living God in Zechariah 4. There's a change coming, going to the other side uh, that we see in Zechariah 2 and 3. Zechariah 3 says there's a change of raiment. We're going to the other side. We're going to have to hold uh, and come to Jesus. We draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. And there, there Jesus immediately stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, what were in, wherefore didst thou doubt? You have the power. He gave you and gave us all the measure of faith to do the will of God and the purpose of God. All you have to do is believe and step out in faith and we will do as Jesus did. These things shall you do and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Notice there, what does it reveal? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. There at that time, all the doctrines of this world, the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. What does it reveal? Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him. When they that, not them, not a trinity, not a Tunis worshiped him. What did they say? What's their testimony? What's the testimony of Jesus? Saying, uh, of a truth, thou art the son of God. You are the God manifest in flesh. You are that spirit, the everlasting father of glory. You are the word. You are the Holy Ghost. You're the son of God that is now come in the flesh. You are that quickening spirit. You are that man that was crucified that God has made him Lord in Christ, the Holy Ghost. That's what we'll reveal in these last days uh, that we go through a time. The notice that will be on the fourth watch, friend. Don't give up. You will reap if you faint not. Don't quit. Keep and hold the line. God is for you. And if he be for you, who can be against you? Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. And hope maketh not a shame because it's shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. Jesus has you. That right there, we know that we will overcome as we hold on to his everlasting hand under the wings of the Most High, under his shadow, walking in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might be going through a time when you think sickness, disease, accidents, uh, all the time and it seems like everything's working against you. Think it not strange these fiery trials which are to try you, but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. Why? That the glory of God rests upon your head. There's no other way, friend. You suffer with him, you'll reign with him. If you're a partaker of his sufferings, you'll be a partaker of the consolations. That's what we know, and we know that the Lord is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, friend, we're praying that we, uh, God, perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, till we all come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ, perfected, uh, doing the will of God in our lives according to the will and purpose of him. And that we pray for each one of us to do, to accomplish that. Contact me, I'd like to work together with you in the ministry. 
dennisbeard.org. There also uh, you can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Contact me. Let's work together. Know them and labor amongst us. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.